Welcome to Real 45 with Stefan and Greg Hancock. We vibe out and have real talk, so tune in and check this out. Yeah, today is a new day. Let's seize it now and get hype. We talking about our careers. Well, welcome to the Real 45 podcast. Uh, I am always happy to have guests on the show, and it's been a couple of quiet weeks lately just with uh, the change of, of scenery and moving back to California, and now um, back at it again. I'll be solo this week. And Stefan and I are still having difficulties uh, tying up our schedule so we can, we can get online together, but we'll get there. We're, you know, never give up. That's my motto. And I'm pretty excited today to welcome in a, a big, uh, longtime friend, a dude who's got the biggest smile constantly, always happy, full of life, full of energy, plenty to talk about, and just an all-around good guy to have around. So I'm pretty jacked up. Um, jacked up. I just said jacked. Did you hear that? <laughs> and his name is Jakob Olsen, Jacob Olsen, Jacob Olsen, or Big Jack as we know him. So I'm pretty jacked up. Welcome to the Real 45 Podcast, Jakob, and thank you for giving your time up to uh, to join me. Yeah, thanks a lot, Greg. It's a um, big pleasure for me to be a part of. Yeah, I really look forward to it. Well, <laughs> that's uh, that makes me feel good. I'm honored to hear you say that, you know, because this podcast is huge now, right? It's We've got like millions and millions of followers, and it's really hard to get on the show. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that uh, I'm not the first one then, but I'm always happy also that just to get on it. So, <laughs> yeah. So let's get carried away with that. I think we've got a lot of things to talk about. Man, we got back plenty. In the days and... You got that right. You know, we, uh, first of all, we, we've got a long distance uh, uh, discussion going here today. So, Jakob's sitting in Denmark right now, and I'm sitting in California. So, bear with us if there's, you know, a break in the in the uh, in the line here a little bit but it sounds perfect right now so we're just going to roll i i want to go back because again Jakob, you and i have been friends more or less since i, I can really say since you first started racing uh, speedway in england is when i first really met you and what what year would that have been oh this is back in must have been there uh... 1993, I think, when you were riding at Cradley with um, with Billy Hamill, and I was at Coventry. Um, yeah, so it must have been 1993, 94. I was at Coventry, and then um, yeah, we had a lot of things together at that time. And um, I think you were racing in Denmark in the Danish League too, also at that time. Yeah, I did a little bit. Was I with Slidner up there, or was I with Fjellsted? Maybe it was Fjellstedt. Yeah, I, I, I was. Uh, I think you had Fjellstedt a little bit later because uh, uh, Billy Hamill and I rode together for some years at Fjellstedt. Okay, so then. Um, and I think you, yeah, I think you got in a little bit later at that. But you know what? That was a great time. And, and if I look back at that, you know, it was like some of the best um, days of my life, you know, being in England and. Also, the sort of the, the the close friendship we all sort of got, you know, was was great. Of course, I wasn't at the same level as you guys uh, racing, but uh, I especially was when we were having fun. <laughs> <laughs> you're but, but, you're being but, very uh, modest now. <laughs> yeah, and this, I mean, uh, 
you remember when we went to uh, we went to Australia, all of us for the series five hundred with the yeah, tap. That was like a that was ninety five, I think. That was that was a really good one. Yeah, you know that was the first series he did down there too, right? So you, <laughs> you and I and Jan Steckman and and there was like Piotr Swist, Wiggy, Kelvin Tatum. Uh, yes, Simon Wick. Wiggy was there. Yeah. Sam Amalinko. Yeah, Sam Amalinko, of course. Sam and Morgan went down there. And then we joined Oli them. Turbinen. Oh, of course. It was Oli. Yeah, and Tony. That's right. Tony Rickardson also. Yeah. Tony Rickardson, yeah. He was the world champion at the time. You, It's pretty funny because I remember this is... I'll have to talk to David Tapp on this uh, on this podcast sometime because I remember he called me that year early in 94 because that was the winter of 94, 95, right? Exactly, yeah. And he called me it earlier was. in the year and I was having a good run, you know, and he wanted me to 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 do this series down there and I was like, well, you know, I'm really putting all my heart and soul into the world championship and, you know, things will change if I become world champion. And I remember him that kind of giggling going, yeah, of course they will. <laughs> but do you want to do my series? You know, and I was, you know, all, all into it back then. <laughs> and uh, But you know what? This was the first series. That was the first one. Exactly. And that was when we when we traveled all together the first uh, month. That, yeah. was, that was the best, man. It was fantastic. Yeah. We were all driving in the cars together and, like, I remember we were traveling all over, like, Western Australia and all that. And uh, that's that's actually, on that tour, is the, when uh, you and I had the little fight we put up. That's... I've never signed so many autographs before and I've in my never... whole life. And I've never been so hurt. <clears throat> <laughs> you really, really hurt my pride. And oh man, I've, I'm slowly getting over it. That's why I brought you on the podcast now because I, I needed to get closure. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that story was fantastic because I remember you we went out for lunch. I probably remember better than you do because you know this was like a big day for me. Um, <laughs> we was... went out for lunch. I, well, I think we were at Melbourne at the old uh, uh, Olympic Stadium or something. Yeah, yeah. show, show was ground. It, was or it a show ground, or maybe it, maybe it was the Olympic Stadium? You could be right, or whatever they called it. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, Tappy. Yeah, but that was that was so fun, and we went out for lunch, and I think uh, Morgan was there, Morgan Hughes, and uh, Sam Amalinko, Wiggy was there, and I said when we were. When we were having lunch, I said, you know, it would be great if we had like a fight or something like that to get people, you know, get the crowd really going. <laughs> and uh, everyone was laughing, you remember that? Yeah, oh, totally. And <laughs> and then when the race went on, um, I think I must have been like last again in that race and you probably won it. Oh, stop it. I just rode up next to you and shouted you in your face. Remember that when you had your helmet on? and. Yeah, and then I knocked you one on the helmet. Yeah, and and you didn't know what was going on, and no one knew what was going on. But suddenly, you figured out that this was just like for fun. You know, this is the fight. We put on. <laughs> yeah, that was the fight. It's coming, and the best thing was that Sam Malenko. He sort of he he read the game. You know, he knew that. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. Let's have a bit of fun out of it. So he was waiting for me in the pits. <laughs> and we really got the crowd going. That was really, really good. 
I remember because we didn't <clears throat> we didn't really say anything to Tappy either, right? I don't know if we told him that. No, we didn't. That's he right. didn't know anything. I know he. Yeah, he got a little bit. Uh, he got a little bit pissed off with it. I remember. Yeah, we rattled. We rattled his or shuffled his feathers there a little bit, <laughs> ruffled them, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just remember the whole thing. And I actually had forgotten about it because we talked about it and we giggled and laughed over lunch. And then I forgot about it yeah. until you came up and you shouted at me. And I thought, what the heck's he pissed off at me for? And then whack, you hit me on the side of the head, like on the back of the helmet. You hit me yeah. so hard. Like, and I was like, I remember I like did one of those. I'm like, what the heck? Oh, right. Then it came back. So <laughs> you, had to, you had to hit me to bring me back into the picture, which was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I was the only way people could uh, sort of see who I was, you know, because I was too slow on the tracks. So oh, stop. I I knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> this is classic Big Jack right here. <laughs> that was a really but good you time. Know what? That, that, it's all about entertainment, isn't it, Greg? And, um, that's what it's all about, you know. That's it's uh, sport is probably more show today than it's ever been, you know. Well, I I agree with you, and the interesting part about this is is uh, you coming from you know a family a, a speedway rider who is very very successful, you know, your father and what he's done in speedway all the years, and he's a very serious guy. I can't imagine what it was like to race against him back in the day, but. Like you've had to live with this, you and I have discussed this. But you've had to live with this your whole life, you know, and being living under the, you know, your dad's legacy and and being, you know, Jakob Olsen, Ole Olsen's son, and from racing to having a good time and being serious too. You found, for me, you found both things um, and really grasped those. Well, your old your old man, Ole, he was very serious but he knew also how to bring out the entertainment value with with the racing maybe not so much as <laughs> setting up a fight <laughs> but no he, he was fast enough yeah yeah <laughs> you had to catch him to hit him first right <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah. what i'm saying is like you have always been extremely extremely good with with your fans with your sponsors in a different way that many writers are. And for me, that's, I, I look up to people like you and you, that's probably why you and I have gotten along so well, because no matter what, you took it very seriously in your racing. Maybe it didn't go as far as you anticipated. Maybe it did, but anyway, you gave it your best shot. You were at the top level with all of us and we, we did a lot of cool things, but we learned a lot along the way and seeing how you were with the people, you never, even when you had a bad day, you came in and you could be angry, but you knew how to just, probably keep it inside and I don't know if you went home and beat up your dog or something but I hope you didn't but <laughs> anyway we all have our, our moment of release at some point somehow and that might just be saying a couple of bad words to yourself it could be anything right so but your dad you know he's he has been uh, he's an icon in the sport he's he's a pillar he's uh, if without Ole Olsen, who knows if we would have any sort of a Grand Prix Speedway that we have today without your old man, you know? So he knows how to be a promoter. He knows how to bring the fans in. He knows how to make a great racetrack. He can do pretty much everything. So, you know, you're living under, you're living under a big roof there, and you have already done so much in your life. So what, I mean, being Ole's son as a racer, when you first came to, to Coventry, how was that for you? Or were you pretty good at just separating that and just being Jakob Olsen? 
Yeah, you know, this is um, <clears throat> it's a fun, you know, because like we've had a lot of stuff going on like now lately in Denmark because I've taken over the, the race track, track at Boyens and got the Grand Prix for next year, doing the, the promoter stuff there. And uh, I was coming, been, I was uh, coming to this. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, Ollie and I was uh, on the breakfast um, like morning television here on, on Sunday in Denmark. And uh, these are the questions I'm, I'm getting all the time. And, of course, uh, that's the interesting part that all people want to know, you know. And uh, for me, it's like the balance of the life has always been that it, it's um, it's been a plus and a minus, you know, being in, in sort of um, son of someone that everyone knows. And, um, I mean, no doubt Ollie's done fantastic for for the sport and... And, and, and everyone sort of knows him in the speedway sport, but everyone also knows him in Denmark for what he's done. <clears throat> um, but I say, you know, for, for me, it's always been sort of the, uh, the the biggest issue for me is put in the the way of my life to sort of let people know that I'm Jacob, you know, or Big Jack, as you always call me, and uh, um, yeah. you know that people recognize me as Jacob and, and and the way I am, you know, that I don't want to sort of be uh, like Ollie's coming with me in my hand and uh, you know giving me everything. You know, I've always worked myself uh, through it by myself, and uh, that's probably what's. Uh, made my life so happy today, you know, and um, and the same. You're gonna have the same now with your kids coming. I mean, you've even got some waiters coming now, and uh, they're gonna have uh, eyes on them, like um, Ollie uh, had the same thing with me, you know. And uh, you're gonna, I think, you, I think you're gonna be brilliant at that because I know you told me this before that you sort of you. Um, you lean a lot in yourself, Greg, and you, you let them work themselves through their success. And that's great, you know. <clears throat> well, you know, I, I've i never looked at you more than Big Jack uh, as I knew you because knowing your dad has always been a hero to me too. And, you know, I have so many memories of being a kid and that memorable race and at Wembley with your dad and Bruce Penhall. So for me, it was like, man, this guy's a fierce rival. He's a, a little bit of everything. And to race, um, at Voyens during those days in the early days with the gold bar and, and then the, uh, the golden hammer, or I mean the, uh, <laughs> gold bar, gold, gold bar, bar. Sorry. I'm getting gold. Hammer. The gold bar. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Oli. But all these things, and then I met you, and you were Ole Olsen's son, but you and I, you know, and, and that group, I shouldn't say just you and I, but the group of us that were at that, a young age at that period, yeah. and you're a lot younger than me, but you, yeah. you, you kept me even younger when we hung out. So I established, like, you were, for me, you were Big Jack. I, I didn't see you as Ole's son. And I still, today, it's easy to, to classify you as Ole's son because your interest in the sport, involvement with, with uh, Voyans now, too these kind of things are always going to be brought up, right? But you're so good at just displaying yourself as Big Jack. And I, I understand you have a lot of big plans ahead for other things. So the big goes with Big Jack. So you have big plans of your own. And I, I, that's what I admire about you, you know? And I, was, I found out about this through our buddy Gert, 
uh, Gert Hansen about your moves, what was going on with Voyance before I heard it from anybody else. So, you know, there's always here whispers here and there. Yeah. And Gert had mentioned like, you got to you got to get in touch with Jakob. You got to hear what he's doing. He's got big plans. Uh, wow, that's yeah. that's so cool. So, and I was I'm more shocked because I'm I'm interested in your bicycle business and what you were doing there with Design Cycler and Finn. And I have lots of questions for you. You know, yeah. but this is this is you. You know, you're very innovative and you are you are different than your dad. So I hope, you know, that part of it, I don't think that ever bothers you. That, that's, you can take that as part of the game. You know, I'm going to be Oli's son forever. And, but I'm not Oli. I'm, I'm Jakob. I'm big Jack, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and I think that that's, um, I mean, this is all about, you know, that you can be proud of your father and your mom and, and your family, you know, and, and, but you just want to do things for yourself in life where sort of people, can say you know he's a cool dude as you say in the u.s <laughs> and, um, and and that's what it's all about you know and uh, but i just think you know that and i've always said you know that um we meet a lot of people you know through life and that's what ex- gives you so much experience uh, and life quality also but you just meet some people on the way that are special for you, you know, and uh, and uh, in the sport, I've had a lot of these. I mean, I can say there's been like a lot of characters, like you are one of them yourself, and uh, Eric Gunnison, you know, he's like always been my number one. But then if I even look back, you know, the big names like Pam Hall, and whatever, you know, all the way down through, I've just had like some other people also like Simon Cross and Simon Wick, Rick Miller, some of these guys, you know, which I sort of really loved back in the past, you know, and um, it's um, the Speedway sport has just given so much to me, which I know it has to you also, you know, not just because it's Speedway, but but it's all about people, you know, meeting people and, 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 and living the life with a sort of friends across the, world, the whole world. You know, Jan Steckman and I <coughs> had a chat last year, 2017, at the uh, 250 championships. And maybe maybe I mentioned this to you, maybe not, but... <clears throat> Well, we were talking to all, <clears throat> excuse me, talking to all the kids. They were there for this event. I don't remember yeah. how many kids there were. It was over thirty kids or something at the point at the before the qualifying round started. And and Jan was giving a kind of a speech and telling everybody. And I just sat back for a minute because I was listening. And he said, "You know, you guys, if you look across here, each and every one of you, you know, you're probably from from fourteen years up to sort of sixteen at that level." And there was nations, you know, Germany, Czech Republic, Poland, the U.S., Sweden, Denmark, you know, England. They were all over the place, right? And he said, if you guys look across here, this is going to be a few good days of riding for you together with the way they do that that youth program. I really, really am such a big fan of it. And I know it's changed a little bit, which disappoints me in one manner, but still... I love the fact that they bring everybody under one roof and they all get to know each other. They get to meet each other and hang out with each other for like three or four days. And Jan said, you guys don't know this right now, but in 15 or 20 years time, 
you are going to have friends all over the world. And these are all the people that are sitting in this room right now. And I'm, a, you know, he says, I'm a good uh, representative for that. Cause I can tell you, I'm sitting here with Greg Hancock and a couple of other people here too, that I met these guys, you know, yeah. 25, 30 years ago, and we're still friends. And now if I go to California, I know I can call and go say hi to Greg, or I can go to Australia and I can call and go say hi to Jason Crump or Lee Adams or Phil Crump or whoever's there. Right. And, yeah. and what you're saying now, that's, that's the thing. So you have a little bit different mentality than, than many. And I, again, I admire that. You're also the kind of guy that you know, your dad has a status. So I would never walk up behind your dad and grab his ass, but I would walk up behind you and grab your ass. <laughs> you know, I have a little more respect for your dad because he would probably look at me and that's, that, yeah. that's, that's cool. Cause I still hold him as a, you know, yeah, like that's probably the generational. So, you know, yeah, for sure. You don't think they grabbed each other's ass yeah. back in his day? <laughs> well, well, I think they did, but not, not, I don't think they let anyone else see it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'll punch me yeah, on the track and not think twice. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> but the only problem, Greg, with all this is, you know, that we, we've we all got to learn so many people around the world, you know, that we don't have time to see each other, you know, and uh, we don't have like, and, and I maybe that's why it's so interesting because there's so much we want to talk about, you know, when we've got five minutes or two minutes or or even only 30 seconds, you know, because when you and I have uh, run into each other, it's been like at a Grand Prix, you know, and, exactly. and, and it's just not time, you know, you there for business and so have I been, you know, and you can't just sort of, you know, chat away, you know, you, it's everyone's in focus about winning. And, uh, but we just know it. We, we all know it's there, you know, and sort of, giving each other a quick hug and, 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 and carry on with them. And I think that's the interesting part about it, you know? Yeah. You're, you're so right there. And this is probably right now on this podcast, we're getting that time that we never, ever, ever get these days. And in one way, it's sad that, um, you know, it's sad because we've been friends for so long and you just want to have, every time I see you, I just want to, I just want to stop and, and grab a beer or a cup of coffee and sit down and just, talk trash with you, you know, or see what's happening and ask about your family and, you know, people that we never really get a chance to hang out like that. But life, that's life, you know, we're all you busy. You know what, maybe I should have to make a multi-year speedway festival at Voyant, you know, <laughs> you for all, uh, all speedway riders to come down, like for two, two days with a bit of music and a nice wine. See, now you're talking, see, that... This is this is yeah. the idea. I can see the innovative side of you and, and the inspirational side. You 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 are a natural for that. And can you imagine the interest you could get out of that? And there would be, I see Bruce Penhall's commenting a lot on your uh, uh, some of the photos and stuff and things that I've been going out to. And he's starting to get a feel because he he had a special place at Voyance too. He loved that track and he loved your dad and all oh, that yeah. stuff. So yeah. I don't think it would be hard to reel in a few a few. Uh, people past present and future to get involved in something like that so i'm in i'll buy a ticket <laughs> yeah yeah let's, let's go for it let's sort of see if we can get that running you know that would be great stuff Shoot. yeah that could be fantastic but you won the did you uh, when you won the world championship first time did you win you won it 
in buoyancy. You crowned at buoyancy, weren't you? Yeah, I didn't win the meeting, but I won that night overall. <clears throat> yeah, and Billy won the year before, yeah? That's right. So we all have something special with buoyancy, you know, and I think the fact that you are bringing, you know, I still, uh, I want to come back to this with buoyancy, but I have so many great memories. And if I look back on this and I think about memorable moments and the intercontinental finals that were there, and then Eric Gunderson's amazing win from gate four in 1980, what was that? Was that 88? Yes. And I think about that and I still, and I've had the opportunity to be in that position, not maybe not to win, but in gate four on a world championship night and it's been raining and I've, no matter what we were doing with our bike, I've tried to do something similar what Eric did because I thought I got one shot at this and I got gate four. I can only do one thing. And I was, I would make a similar setup from something that he had mentioned to me. And of course I didn't make it work, but I tried. (laughs) And, uh, and you ever heard the story about what Eric did in the, in the runoff with the, with the hands? Yes. Have you ever been told that? Yes. I would like to hear it again. Can we bring it up in in this? Yeah, well, babe, yeah, that was fantastic, you know, because they had to, at that time in the old days, you you sort of went for the inside or the outside, and this was the world championship, you know, one race, four laps to see Hans Nielsen, Eric Gunson, who's going to win it. I mean, and can you and imagine if you, I, sorry to interrupt, but can you imagine <clears throat> the tension yeah. in Denmark, the two of the best riders ever on the planet, going head-to-head, yeah. and there's a runoff and a toss of the coin. It was it was crazy, you know, and it, and it had rain all day, and it, then it had stopped, and then for the the runoff, it started raining again, and that was when he was smart, Eric, because he won the, the ballot, huh. and then he just said, give me give me five minutes, and he walked away. He didn't even pick the gate. The gate. <laughs> so he went out to this. the track to see how much is it raining, and he could see the rain's just coming down. Huh. Everyone would have taken the inside gate, but Eric could see. Oh, okay, I'm going to get a better run down to first corner if if it's raining. And then he took gate four and he just smoked hands. I I, I love this and <coughs> knowing Eric, especially nowadays, knowing him how he is and the character. Here's a he's he's like the early day Jakob Bolson for me. You know, he's he's a serious racer, but he likes to have fun when we're not racing and enjoy life. He was like the perfect mix for me. And to hear him tell that story, well, I love it. Well, you, 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 you and Greg, you and Eric, uh, Greg, are so much like each other. You know, it's uh, it's uh, he's just a Dane and you're American. You know, and you got so much around you. You know, you, both of you. It's um, and you know, Eric's uh, he's soft like you are, and uh, he's just uh, like um, you know, um, he would do everything for anyone. You know, and he just loves the sport like you do also. Um, you two are so much like each other, so you can be proud of that. But but that's not because you want to be like him. It's because that's that's the way you are, you know. That's your personality and Eric's. Well, I do want to be like him. I always did, you know. And then I was lucky or fortunate enough to get the chance to live with him, Billy and I, and then it was just like, you know, I had to pinch myself every day when I woke up at his house because he was like you. I I looked up to him like your dad, but when I lived with him, I was like hanging out with you. So I had, I was like the best of everything. I couldn't, 
you know, you, you're, you know that this guy is like your hero. He's so serious. He wants to win. But he's also the guy that's <clears throat> putting a, a beer on the table on a Friday night saying, let's just have one. And, you know, like not, not to be a, a drunk, but let's just have one beer and have it sit down and have a chat and relax and laugh and joke. And I'm thinking, did the, my ultimate hero, this guy who's supposed to be mentoring me, just offer me a beer? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, but you know that was that was. Uh, I mean, it's a different game today, you know, than it was later those days. But thinking about that, you know, it's. Um, I, I I think it's. Um, it doesn't matter if it's sport or business or you know if it's your wife you're living together with. You know, it's a combination of doing uh, uh, to be serious and and have your focus on exactly your goal where you want to go. You know, but you also got to sort of relax and you've got to sort of let things be things you know and, and um, um, sometimes just let things happen without thinking about it and, and that's where I think Eric was fantastic because he could I mean there was no one that was stronger than him when it, when it all came to like you know the, the big the big game and the, the trapping and everything he could do it you know uh, it's it's an, it's amazing, right? And I think, think about him. He, he he had the nerves of steel. It didn't matter, and he didn't show it. Where uh, if I take hands, for example, you know, I could see hands was, was also a he was the professor, so to speak. But when I look at him and the look in the eye, and I look at Eric and look in his eye, you just think you look at hands and you know what's coming. You look at Eric and you think, oh, <laughs> I better I better gear up, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Hans was, I mean, Hans was consistent, wasn't he? And now oh, you, I mean, you always knew what Hans could do. That's um, what I mean. You, <clears> you could course, predict. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But now, Jakob, so you, as a racer, did you know that you wanted to be a speeder rider at a young age? Or did that just something that just happened? Uh, I think it's just yeah that just happened you know I was um, I was just around everything you know as I normally say I was made in Australia and was born in Denmark grown up in England so <laughs> and, um, can you explain that from the beginning you know how were you made <laughs> yeah exactly so but I'm 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 proud to be made in Australia that's for me you know one of the most beautiful countries in the whole world. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, uh, when I was only a week old, um, uh, mom and dad took me to England in 72 and, um, I was grown up there too. I started in school in Denmark, but uh, I mean, racing was everything for me. Um, I was never pushed into it, you know, but how could I be anything else? You know, and I had motorbike when I was three on a, well, a little moped or whatever. Yeah. And then, um. I just carried on from there, you know, and, and it was, yeah, I started riding uh, 80cc back in 1984, and Ollie stopped riding in 83. So uh, I must have been about, what, 12 years or something like that, and that, that was when Ollie started helping Eric to win the, world, the first world championship. So I was quite on my own there, you know, and I just, for me, I just, the only thing I wanted to do was race, and I just wanted to be world champion. Um, but I was only 23 when I stopped, and um, that was because I think I just 
um, I, I wasn't, um, uh, what do you say, I, I had enough at the time, you know, I sort of, hmm. um, um, I would like to want some more, but it was like, I, I, I had been around the Speedway, imagine, since I was born, you know, till I was 23, so sort of I was, had enough, you know, I wanted to get away for a little bit. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, you, you pretty much, you had no choice. Like you said, you, you grew up in it and you were in it. So it's, you knew everybody. And, and uh, I, like, I like to hear these things, you know, because your dad didn't push into anything. And I definitely don't push my kids into anything except try something, you know. You got you to gotta do something. I want to, you know, let's go out and running. Let's go ride our bicycles or let's, let's uh, ride some motocross bikes or let's go, you know, go do something. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, I, and, and that's a good thing. That's going to be good for you, Greg, because that you have done it. I mean, you've won world championships and you've been around, so you don't have to win and achieve things through your children. And that's the same thing I've had with Ollie, you know. Um, he had done it all, so he, had, he hadn't have to go through things. And I've seen a lot of parents trying to live their dream out of their kids, and that's bad. Wow, the way you just put that was pretty interesting. That was, um, I mean, we all hear something, but the way you just said it there was very interesting. So not trying to, you're not trying to win something that you never won yourself. That's, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, you know, there's there's something in that, for sure. And, that's, and, 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 and I just, I mean, when I look and I see the way, the way you live the life with your kids and everything you do, I mean... You even travel the whole world around you. You bring your dog. So what? What's that about, man? That's quite impressive. Like I told you, the dog is like the credit card. You don't leave home without it. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so is the family. I, I hate leaving home without my family, and unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, you have to with business and stuff like that. But uh, that's a, that's a cool thing. I, I was. If I look at my own dad, you know, he was not a, a sportsman in that way. He didn't race anything professionally, and he was an, an artist and a, and a painter and just an all-around amazing person. Both my parents are. And so I, I see my dad never pushed me into anything at all, and I really, really try hard to do. The more I get, the older I get now, the more I even understand more what my dad of course, it's part of life. We all learn and we get more mature. But I see what my dad was doing. And the way he tested me, you know, to, to see if... He, he tried to get me to do other sports pretty much regular, to play high school sports, to do get in leagues and do things. But I always turned back to Speedway because I understood also. I mean, I, obviously I loved it and I still love it. But I knew yeah. that if we were going to have games and we were going to have practices and things like that with the other sports... That was going to be during the same weekends and times that I could be practicing Speedway. So I understood that this is not a good thing to do, even if I want to do it, because then I can't ride Speedway. So, and I see it with Wilbur now too, you know, I, I want him to play other sports. I want him to try things and I want him to at least, I can play every sport. I can play football. I can play soccer. I mean, you know, American football, soccer, baseball, basketball. And I love all the sports and especially basketball. That's my favorite and I'm, I was never going to yeah. do anything like that because I'm, I'm short ass, you know. So what am I, what am I going to play basketball? Yeah. Well, you need the big shoes on that. <laughs> I would need some big the shoes. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, but you, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that that that's great stuff, great. That, that's uh, for me. That's um, exactly 
how a, a good father should be. And uh, I mean, don't don't push, but 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 you gotta push a little bit also. You know, if if children want to go and they got a goal, you know, you gotta push them the right way and 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 uh, and and let children understand that if you want to win, you know, and you want to sort of get to your goals, you gotta push. You know, and you gotta push very very hard. I just think the the world and the the whole way of living your life is um, also the 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 interest in finding you know like uh, things on your way and 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 people you want to be together because you can make a difference you know like um, if I take like for being the speedway time in the in the years back you know like. If I could be like just a little bit of part of Bruce Penhall and know him and and what he had, you know, he was. I mean, Bruce was a star, you know. And I remember he got some Troy Lee helmets painted for me, which you are a lot closer to than I am. I mean, for me, that was like, wow. This was like winning a world championship, getting one of those painted helmets. Bruce Bennell got fixed for me, yeah? Isn't that the best feeling? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so it's, it's a combination, you know, that you sort of can figure out what, what's interesting in life, you know, what, what, what's, what pushes you out to, to do that extra bit to be happy every day. So true. That's so true. Those are the kind of things, like you say, those are the, the motivational points that, you know, to see that you, as a kid, looking up to specific people and, and dreaming big, you know, nothing comes for free, of course, but if you're open and, you you know, you can walk up to Bruce Penhall or you can walk up to whoever, you know, you've probably met some pretty high-profile people in your lifetime, too, but the fun part for me is that I still get starstruck when I see specific people, whether it's in Speedway or it's in anything, I can still get that real serious, hardcore fan feel and that's what makes it real for me. I don't want to walk around like I'm somebody. I've been I've been really fortunate to meet some great people, you know, high profile people or big names in, in different industries. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to being a speedway rider and mixing with uh, you know good people and, and nowadays with Monster Two, I mean, we get invited to so many cool events, and you almost feel like uh, so special that you're like everybody should be able to do this, but it doesn't work like that, you know. But, no. Um, no. But when you meet, you're right, and I, and I, I sorry to yeah interrupt you on that one, but I I was listening to the one you laid on the the one you've made on on uh, Thanksgivings, you know, where uh-huh. uh, you really got me, you know, when when you were telling the story about the way you grew up with like your mom and dad always being sort of the way they've been and and giving you the love and like all the whole family stuff you have. And um, that I really enjoyed listening to that, and that's exactly how I see you, you know. And uh, but I also heard you saying that sometimes people run over you when you're too nice, and um, and and that hurts sometimes, you know. But at the end of the day, that's when you sort of got to step up, you know, and look yourself in the mirror and say, "Oh, okay, if they if, if they want to throw around with you." You don't want to be part of them anyway, you know, and 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 that's that's how you get hit sometimes. And I've done that also, you know. If you're too open over for people, you know, and you think 
they they good people, but then they, you know, they run you over. It's true, and it's happened numerous times in my life just by being a nice guy and just being who I am, and you get run over, and you think the first thing you get in your head is is revenge, you know, especially when you're younger. You think you just want to get revenge. Yeah. But in the end, payback. I, yeah, payback. That's the initial thought that comes <clears throat> through your head. But in the end, I always, I'm always the first person to forgive too, which even makes it worse. Because, but then again, I just think, you know what? What's why should I waste my time and energy at being angry at this person? I just will never put myself in that position again. But I can still yeah. get angry when I think about it. And uh, my wife said something to me in the early days when we met is, you know, whether, whether, no matter what it is or what somebody says, it can be a family member, it can be a friend, it can be a sponsor, it can be a competitor. And you give something yeah. and you expect something to come back. And she always taught me to like, just don't expect anything to come back and everything will be fine. And uh, yeah. and I remember like that always sticks with me now. So that makes me think before I want to give the hand again. You know, I'm a family man. You're a family man, and we haven't talked about your side of the family yet. But Jakob Olsen, I mean, would you? You have you've got a wife and you've got kid kids. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, you know, it's um, family. Of course, is uh, everything. You know, for for everyone I think in in um in your life and of course you know for me it was a little bit special with uh, my family when I met my wife and Edda you know she had um, two boys at that time they were like seven and nine years old all right and um so yeah and then we I was lucky you know to to get a my my daughter uh, which is 15 now Sarah and um I mean that was sort of like you know your 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 world changes when you have a little child when you're walking home you know from the hospital with a little baby is just fantastic you know you start thinking different so yeah that's um, definitely one of the biggest things for me ever in my life when you were walking home from the hospital did you start suddenly start looking at every car that went by and you're like gosh that guy's driving too fast he needs to slow down (laughs) (laughs) well yeah you you're dead right you're dead right yeah because that that is what happens you know then you start thinking about well put on your seatbelt and and when you're driving you start thinking different and that is weird you know because um you know how it is you know we we've been in the speedway sport and I mean, there's a big risk every time we race and driving the cars, you know, and flying around the world. But you just start thinking different when you get these children. Something happens in your head. And, and like you said there, it's like in, in, in an instant, overnight, you just suddenly, you, you're just, first you, you didn't have any time in the world. I don't have time for kids. And then suddenly you have all the time in the world. You're like, whatever, whatever I got to do for you, little little creature. Yeah, that that's so true, you know. And and um, I mean, I'm when I look at you, Greg, you know, you have this amazing family, you know. And uh, um, I've, I said to you before, you know, you even take your dog when you go traveling, you know. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, you are a great family man, and it's so so nice to see. And um, you know, it's um, I love to be around my family also, but of course, it's. Um, I've always said also that it's important to have a great family and sometimes you don't have time to, 
spend with them, but it's important when you have the time, you know, that the minutes you spend with them is sort of um, in focus. And um, this is the very um, important bit of being together, you know, that you're in focus when you're together with them, I, I've always thought. That's a good point, you know, and you, it's, it takes two to tango. You need a good partner, too, to make the whole thing work, so... For me, like you, you know, we're on the road a lot. We're doing, our minds are going 100 miles an hour. But without my wife, I wouldn't have the as great a family as I have. You know, she's, of course I wouldn't because without her, I wouldn't have the kids. But <laughs> but, yeah. but she's a, she's an amazing individual. And, you know, I've, I've, I'm always quick to to plug how, how lucky I've got it and what a great uh, wife, mother, and partner, friend that I've got. So... It's um, yeah, I love being with them too. So I, um, I hear you there. But I, I heard the, 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 the podcast you made on the Thanksgivings. You know, where you were talking about your family and your mom and dad. Uh, you know, and you, you, which I hear you are very similar to. You know, the, the personality you are. And sometimes that's a hard way when you're a nice guy like you are. You know, you get run over, and, and I think. I've tried that also in my life, you know, when you sort of give your love to people and, and, and you're open and, and you want to give everything you have, you know, because you believe the best in people, you you get hurt sometimes, you know. Um, um, when you recognize or see that people don't treat you the right way, you know, you, you get surprised what's really going on. Um, I can only echo what you're saying there, you know, and it's... We, when, you, when you only look for the good in people, that's when you that's when you got to be careful, because uh, you know, they 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 grasp that and they'll they use it for what they can. And it happens, you know, like I said, it happens every day. So you just have to be, you kind of figure it out after a while. I think, and the look in the eye, the first impression, and stuff like that. But I still try to see the good in people, and even though they, I might see that now this isn't a good person for me, or or maybe this person is just going to try to use me. I'll I'll never let that happen, but I'll still. You know, let them know that uh, yeah, you're a good guy. <laughs> yeah, well, he did right. He did right. But it's all about. I mean, sometimes you figure out you've been in the wrong place. You know, it's the wrong people you met. Um, but saying that, I mean, geez, we've got a lot of friends around the whole world, which we see often, and and some we don't see often. You know, but you just seem to fall back to the same people every time. You know. Yeah, for sure, and that's the good. This is where your friends, your friends come back into it, huh? It's uh, it's important to have friends yeah. around and, and good friends and the ones you can trust and all that kind of stuff too, or the ones you just need to lean on once in a while. You some, sometimes it just might just you just need to share a, a, a conversation or you need you just need to get something off your chest, and it's it's good to have those kind of people, whether exactly. it's your wife or your you know a good buddy, and yeah, and that's all you need. Or to mechanics. Go. Or mechanics. Or mechanics. Exactly. That, that's, I mean, you had a you had a few, you know, and you had a good some good ones, and and so have I, you know. And uh, I had last last, and you had. I mean, Craig. I remember Craig. You had and yeah, and, and some of the other ones. You know, it's yeah. The, these these people, you know, it's just not mechanics. It's really people, friends for your life. You know, which has been there and still are there. You know, which you can have a drink with together today and just have a big laugh you know there you go Lars your old mechanic I, I see him once a year 
um, at, at one of the Danish rounds usually. Maybe I might get lucky and see him twice if you, like back in the day when you had a round in, in, uh, yeah. in Parken and Copenhagen, and then you also had maybe Boyens at the same time, and then I would run into him. And uh, it's the same. I, I only see him once a year, but when I see him, I feel like I just ran into him yesterday. And I, you know, he gave each other a hug and say hi and, and uh, talk a, a few quick things. And then it's like, I won't see him. Maybe I'll see him during the event at some point because he's working and helping you guys too. And that's the cool part. Like, you won't see him all year and he'll show up at your event and he'll be in the pits and he'll be helping out and he'll be doing something. And those kind of people are priceless. You know, they're like... You can't. They're yeah, not. They're exactly. not just mechanics. They're they're they are friends, and they generally have a big love for for you or for the sport, and that's great. Yeah, and I think all the time you you know we back to sort of what's what we come from and and what we have been given, you know, from the sport that, um, and and out of that, you know, is it's the people around the sport and and all the things that's happened, you know, and given us so. So the whole this the big relationship and the big family is always there and it's I don't know, it's it, it's a special feeling in, in this game. Um probably other people have it the same way in their sports, but you know, we 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 have a lot with the speedway sport, definitely. We do it. <laughs> I you know, I, I get giggles in my in the head now too, or because you're mentioning like Craig Hadley. Craig and Roger, the Swedish, uh, my Swedish buddy and and uh, good yeah. friend too. Those two guys, I had a really long period together with, and obviously Craig more than Roger because I was in England all the time. But they, Roger and Craig, were with me with my first world championship, and Craig and I had. It was like Craig was a little bit older than me too, so and he he lived in the in the Midlands there, but he taught me so much, and the laughs. <laughs> you know the laughs that we had in the oh, car yeah, yeah, yeah. you spend a lot of time in the car you <laughs> yeah. know and he there was never a dull moment if he didn't have a talk radio on or some news channel when we're driving across Europe and he was I'd be asleep in the back and all I could hear is talk radio going all the time I would have the music blasting right <laughs> if I was driving but no Craig had talk radio on and I would hear him talking to himself like hearing some news that he disagreed with and he bloody hell I don't know oh, come on that this is ridiculous you know <laughs> and I, I remember we'd get up and I'd wake up and ask him about it you know and we'd start laughing and then he'd he'd elaborate about it and but you know but I, you know what yeah. he, he, he is he is definitely one of the best guys ever in the speedway sport you know because he has you can really feel him you know he's a fantastic fantastic guy and he's so funny to be around you know he's oh um, and you know what I think he was a part of a big part of your success also because you know he, he gets your, your mindset ready also you know gets it right and 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 gets people to relax also, you know. So you can have a bit of fun, and then you can step up in gear when you need to. Um, so true. Yeah, very very cool guy. Yeah, and he he would always, he would, you know if he saw you were having a a rough time or something, he would just kind of pat you and smack you on the side of the shoulder like, "Go on, mate, come on, <laughs> what's up with you? What's up with you?" Get on, on with it. Get, Get on, on with it. <laughs> yeah. Some some great times. Yeah, for sure. And, and I've had a few Danish mechanics too. I, I had Fiska, and uh, I had Michael Hansen. Um, you had Michael also, yeah. Eric Gunnarsson's old mechanic. Yeah, I was lucky there because <clears throat> living with Eric, we we had the benefit of it was like a bonus. You know, we lived with Eric and we got Michael. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, uh, exactly. 
and he actually ended up working for me for part of a season too. And then, uh, and you know, we maintain maybe the contact is is very few and far between these days. But you still every once in a while, him or Anbridge will drop a message on Facebook. The beauty of social media these days, you never you're never far away, are you? So them and Craig living in Spain yeah. now, um, you know, yeah, it's so it's so amazing. It's you can go on and on and on forever, but. I want to I want to stay here with with Big Jack and your plans. So, dude, I'm hearing a lot of good things, a lot of big things. You know, the the rumors have started. You've started them. <laughs> um, <Huh>. Yeah, <laughs> the son of Ole. Well, you're you're moving on. What do you? What's going on now? I hear you're coming into to Voyans and your new your new business venture and Speed One Way. Can you tell yeah, me? that's true. You know, it's, um, it's been a big decision for me. You know, I've been uh, been away from the sport, not a hundred percent, but I've been sort of uh, full time away for fourteen years, nearly now, and I've been in the uh, in the bicycle uh, business, selling uh, bikes, and I had a partnership with uh, Finn Jensen, my my old friend, and um, who I'm very grateful. I decided to. Yeah, but I made a decision, you know, a year ago that um, time was in now, you know, to take over the, the Speedway track at Voyance, mm-hmm. and um, the timing was ready, you know, Ollie is um, 72 now, and, and Dad is sort of uh, getting there that he's ready to 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 give, you know, the the thing over to me so I can take over 100%, <clears throat> so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, sort of the the big thing next year is the the Grand Prix, the seventh of uh, September in Boyens. You know that's going to be a big one. It's going to be all lined up for you, Herbie. You know for winning that one. You love it at Boyens, don't you? Well, this is why I'm. You know, I've got you on the podcast now. I'm really trying to butter you up so I can have a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I want things. You want some dirt on the outside? Yeah, I want Gate Four dialed in for me, or Gate One, or whatever one. We won't say too much to everybody right now, but um, you know, I'm kind of like I'm trying to grease your palms a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, how many years? How many years has it been now exactly since we had a Grand Prix in Voyance? Well, last Grand Prix we had at Voyance is uh, 2014. Okay. That's when we had the last Grand Prix. And then we had a round also in, in uh, 2012. Right. So, um, yeah, some years. And then I think we had the World Team Cup with uh, in in 15. Right. Exactly. 2015, yeah. So, um, so there's, um, yeah, we're going to bring it all back, you know, and there's so much history and it's, so, I mean, this is, Lorenz is the national speedway arena, you know, in, in Denmark. So uh, everyone's um, everyone's been screaming for it to come back. You know, we have so much lovely history there. And um, 1988, Eric winning the world championship and Hans Nielsen second, Jano Pedersen third. Mm-hmm. And then the last individual world championship also in 1994, when uh, Tony Rickardson won the the world title before the Grand Prix series came. I was that was my my last one day world final, and going into my last heat with Tony Rickardson and I think Hans as well. I was tied for the lead going into my last heat. If I won that heat, really? I would have been world champion. So 
judging by the wow. the the history books, I didn't win that leap. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's probably one of those you know you look back at, you know, and you yeah. I was I, I, I remember. <clears throat> this is this is what I love about the racing and all these stories, you know. That I I remember Ollie always my my dad saying to me that even Ivan Major back in the days, you know, that he used to say to me, oh, if I in 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 1975 or what what it was, um, you know, I I would have won that world championship if I wouldn't have had new gloves on because I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't get my, I, I, I couldn't, you know, pop out of the star because I had new gloves on. So I'd never used new gloves. So you wouldn't have won the world championship. And these are the stories that are just fantastic. I love that. So it was all in the gloves, those damn gloves. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, and, you know, you're, this winners, winners. Yeah. That, when I look back on that one too, and it was myself and I think Craig Boyce and I, we were, we were ripping that night. Both of us, and, um, and yeah. it was that's what it was. It was he and I and Tony Richardson in, in our last heat, I believe. And Tony ended up winning the heat. Craig, I think Craig was second, and I was third. If I got it right, I could be wrong, but anyway, it yeah, put, I think you're right. It yeah, was, because I think they had a runoff, didn't they? I, I even think Boise was in a runoff. They were three in a runoff with championship. That, you're right. Is that true? Yeah, I think you're right. Exactly. Because yeah. Tony was one point behind us, and he ended up tying with those Maybe two. Maybe Hans Nilsson also? Or it was. Like, it was oh, Tony no? Hans and Craig Boyce. If you're, if we have to look back yeah. over this, but it's something to that nature. And I ended up fourth. Yeah, and so. it was raining. Yes. Yeah. Can you believe that? <laughs> oh, yeah. So you were fourth, yeah? Just... Missed the pictures, we say. Exactly. So I was number four in the first year of the Grand Prix. Wow. And yeah, I, but you came after it, man. Yeah, and then 95 was so fun, you know, the first year of the Grand Prix, which <clears throat> your dad, okay, we're talking about the history books, and we're talking about what your yeah. dad did for the sport, and he basically introduced the Grand Prix uh, back, that's 1995, and I remember the launch and what they did, and I remember going to the offices with um, with BSI as that started to progress too and listening to what they were going to do and I yeah, remember, John Parcels played yeah and I, I always I remember this one when we went to their offices in London and they invited all the writers to come there and whoever wanted to show up right and yeah and when we got there we sat there and we were talking and then we're listening to this we're in this really cool place we're hearing about John Postlethwaite this guy comes from he's got an F1 background with uh, yeah with Benetton I think and and, and Pepsi Cola, yeah. Pepsi Coke. I think he was marketing manager or something oh, I, like this. Yeah, right. I don't even remember that. But yeah, listening to his sales pitch to us and telling us about the sport, and he made us feel so like into it. You know, like this is badass right here. Here we go. Now we're talking. And one thing he said in his in his uh, interview there to all of us is he says, "Listen, this is Speedway. We're going to have cameras everywhere. We want to know everything about what's going on. We want to know what you guys are up to. What's going on here? What's going on there? We want to know who's fucking who." Yeah. <laughs> and like, but that's true. But he had a he had bigger ambitions, and he did it good. You know, John was fantastic because. Absolutely. What you say with the cameras and onboard cameras, and yeah. there were so many good things he he put into it. And I remember once, like my dad coming home saying, and and then he says, you know what? Now we're gonna have speedway at these stadiums. I have to, I'm gonna start building the tracks. Wow. And uh, this was what John said. You know, we want to make 
Grand Prix at stadiums, football stadiums, and 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 uh, Ali just said, "Yes, let's do it." <laughs> and, and but but they just believed they could do it, you know. <clears throat> they didn't and, do a bad job. <laughs> well, they 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 definitely had some some hard time, didn't they? I mean, sure. even you you tried them all, you know, and to, to yeah to to yeah to to. If you look back at it, some of them really were tough, weren't they? Oh, I remember at Berlin. Berlin. You remember that one? Yeah, I was just going to say Berlin. Oh, my wow, God. That's probably the worst one, you know? I'll, I'll never forget that. I mean, the riders, were, we were just going, no way. We can't do this. This is crazy. And it's raining. And the starting line, yeah. the, the grooves were so deep at the starting line that it was going all the way down past their 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 boards. And I think we were touching the pitch of the, of the yeah, running track. that's true. And, yeah. and we're just going, it was so rough. And I remember all of us just going, we can't do this. This is a world championship. And we're just yeah. going, no, no, no. And suddenly the two minutes goes on. And everybody just puts their helmet on and goes out. There was yeah. no if, and, or but. And that was that memorable moment when Nikki was leading and, and Tony picked up a loaded grip, right? In the in the middle of the uh, second corner or something. That. Yeah. And just drilled him. And they, I mean, they, they ended up yeah. head over heels, both of them. And um, Tony got excluded, of course. But that's just one of those things. That was one of them. And Cardiff, I mean, the early days of Cardiff, we ended up... Wow, yeah. I had some good runs at Cardiff, and I I loved it when it was rough because not everybody could ride it, you know? And it was... And I grew up riding deep tracks and rough, and they were kind of small. And I just remember, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, but I was quick to correct them, and we ended up building a special bike just for Cardiff. We built special frame. Really? Yeah, we ended up building a special frame, and I had a special motor that Bill Nilsson had built me too from from Sweden. And uh, oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah. And I had one motor that I used at Cardiff. I used it even in, in Copenhagen in Park in once or twice. I used it in Hamar in Norway when because they were they kept cutting yeah. up and they were getting rough. So this motor was just yeah. perfect for it. And um, yeah, we had this special frame to lift the engine up to a certain height and I could only ride it on these tracks because I needed the clearance to get the the bike um, at the start so it wouldn't ground out and the, the engine plates wouldn't you know the, the pipe wouldn't touch the ground and I could get into deeper ruts yeah. and then I would just go in hey, and pack wow. the dirt I was all these fun things that we would do you know and <clears throat> I'm glad that they fixed that today because the bikes are getting quicker and quicker and it suddenly when the bikes are getting yeah, faster true. the tracks start to feel more and more narrow because your your mar for your your uh, margin for error gets very very small, you know, and uh, and now you look at places like Melbourne that your your dad built and and um, some of these tracks that they're building, even in Warsaw, they're so wide and they are so appetizing because it doesn't matter where you go, you don't you never feel at a disadvantage. You're like okay, now it might even if it gets a little yeah. bit rough, I've got so much space <clears throat> to go outside, dive inside. And I think that's probably one of the greatest things that that they have done for Speedway today. Yeah, I agree with you, and I. But I also think that sometimes the tracks are a little bit too easy to run. You know, today they're the one-off tracks. You know, they're too smooth. Some of them. I mean, they even better than some of the temporary tracks. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so, but um, yeah, but going back to that, you know, it's that's been a fantastic put in for the sport that we've been going to these stadiums. I know it's gone a little bit backwards maybe the last couple of years, you know, we only have do we only have two next year? Yeah. Unbelievable. Cardiff and, and also, yeah. 
Well, I hope that's not the end of, uh, you know, I hope this is just the beginning of something else. But, um, you know, like you say, it's gone a little bit backwards and your father has been the innovator and now you're taking over the reins and you're going to take over and do new things and create new deals. So are you bringing back the one day world final? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> that would be lovely to do, you know, and I think we should have that audience the first maybe two or three years. <clears throat> I'll be happy to do that. Let's do it. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I, I think the one-off world championship was fantastic. Where everyone remembers that. But to be honest, for the for the sport and the 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 the, the setup today is the ride with the Grand Prix series is uh, very very good. But saying that, you know, there's still a lot of things that can come into the sport and be better, you know. Um, I've sort of worked now with the TV2 in Denmark doing the Super League and sort of pushed on that we need to get some more cameras in the pits. We get, we, we get, um, we got to get sort of interviews with the riders like we had in the old days and like this, uh, late 70s, 80s in England with Gary Newborn doing interviews with the riders. I mean, this is what I remember, you know, and this is what um, we we got to get on TV. We have the best sport to show on TV, the best motorsport, without a doubt. You know, it's so much action and we can bring the cameras and get the fantastic interviews with the boys in the pits. You know, uh, Gert Hansen was telling me too about over the last couple of years with the stuff you guys have been doing with the Danish finals and stuff. And he said, you should see, they got a camera in the pits that just comes up and sticks the microphone right in the rider's face when he's still got his helmet on. Yeah, we have two cameras, mate. Two cameras in the pits and two reporters. Oh, you know what? As a rider, I mean, some of that, sometimes that would just, that would make you just like, oh, get, you know, if you had a, a rough heat, you just want to say what you got to say, but they can bleep it out, right? <laughs> but, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it gets a little bit close sometimes and it gets a little bit too close. But saying that, you know, it's uh, um, sometimes you have these interviews at the scoreboard or backdrops or whatever, you know, that's, they, they, I mean, you can't say you can't tell the difference between an interview at one track and then two weeks later at another track. Um, I think it's good to get these, like with you having your helmet under your arm, walking to the bike in Cardiff, coming down the tunnel or coming up the tunnel and jumping on the bikes with your mechanic here, and then they put the mic in your face and say, "Okay, you're ready for heat number twelve. You're on the outside." And you can just go, uh, yeah, I'm going to smoke them, man. And and this is what I think would be good to get into the sport again. That's a good point, you know. And they, when you when you looked at other sports, you know, and whether it's Supercross or it's it's NASCAR or it's Formula One or Rallycross, they do that kind of stuff too, right? And that's the kind of stuff you want to see the you want to see the look, the nerves, the the sweat, or the or the cocky attitude, or you want the guy who just slams the camera back in the cameraman's face, you know? There's a, there's always one or two around the yeah. speedway pits like that, right? <laughs> it, uh, yeah, you're dead right, because this is, I mean, this is even like this program uh, with the podcast you do, Greg, is what, this is what people, they want stories. They want to know what's going on, and the, the people today with the social media and all this which is going on, that, uh, fans, sponsors, everyone wants to get close and see, hey, who is this guy, you know, and and who is he married to, and what, where, 
what's his kids doing, you know, and <laughs> is he a bad boy or a good guy or, you know, it's, um, I think it's important and, and we have to push on with that with the sport. Everyone has to push on with it, you know, TV, uh, the promoters and the riders, everyone work together. You've, you've got a good point there, you know, it's, um, this kind of stuff is, is crucial and it's what, it's what the, the people of today need and, and to keep their attention and their focus. Like you say, Speedway is made for TV, right? It, it's, it's an incredible sport and, and, uh, everything's quick. You get a new winner every sort of five or six minutes and, um, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's intense and to have this kind of stuff, it's only, you know, these days we have rules and regulations and stuff like that, that we've got to follow and we can do this or we can't do that. And, you know, you want to say something and sometimes you say it and you might get, you know, a yeah. penalty for it. And that's the hard part, but I guess <coughs> that's everywhere. However, it's... Oh, yeah. Well, I agree with that. So, of course, there should be penalties if you do something. You don't want it swearing on the TV or uh, people knocking each other around. But, of course, I mean, you got to have a bit of uh, action, you know. You've got to be able to say... You know that you're when you're frustrated and always. I mean, this is uh, part of the game. You know, um, definitely, Greg. No, no, no doubt. You gotta gotta be able to say something. Otherwise, it's going to be too boring. It's pretty true. You know, I mean, I've been in specific circumstances, and you, you know, when the cameras are around, you're everything is watched. So even if you you so much as say something, you know, you're you've got to be careful. And it feels like sometimes we got to talk like football players and cover our mouth, <laughs> so you don't you don't see what you're saying and things yeah. like that. But you know, you if you think twice and you think you just want to like go up and get in somebody's face, and then the cameras are on you, and then there's a penalty, and there's there's this and that, so you you've got to be on your best behavior constantly, which it's sport, right? Yeah. But like you said, it is. It is sport, but it's also a show, and I think I believe also that we got to think that every time you're on, every time you interview, every time you even go into a service station, you got to think that you 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 want to do something for the sport, and you want to. Uh, get more people to watch it and, and go and see it and get more sponsors involved and you can only do that in a good way and that's to behave right and be smart what you're saying um, but also you know be a little bit different at times yeah well that's cool I mean you do Every and everybody's their own individual you know so you can never predict you got you know, you got the, the sort of so-called nice guy like me, and then you got the bad boy that everybody considers Nikki. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. like these guys, yeah. they, you, you got to admire somebody like Nikki, for instance, you know, I mean, he's, he's a guru of the media. He's, you know, he's so good. Sometimes you might disagree with some of the stuff that he does and he says, but he's in the media and he's, you know, whether it's his, his racing, <clears throat> something happens on the track or it's something in his private life. You know, it's love yeah. him or hate him. The dude is, uh, he has done, ex you got to oh. respect him, you know. I respect him crazy as a as an athlete and a competitor. I, I wouldn't always agree with the stuff that he does, but I'm sure he doesn't agree with the stuff I do too. <laughs> or the stuff I don't do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you two are two different kind of people, you know. And, uh, of course, I've been very, very close to Nikki and still am, you know, at the, I know what he comes from and I know what kind of person and what personality he has and for, for no doubt that Nikki has been great for the sport international 
and 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 especially he's been great for for the speedway of Denmark also, you know. And to be honest, he's had so much success out there on the sport, you know, that uh, he's done well. He's been a very very good businessman. But I, I mean, I disagree with a lot of things he's done in the past, you know. But yeah, sure. uh, <laughs> looking back on that, you know, I've had uh, so much. So much with Nicky and so so many good times with him, you know. And uh, sure, I, um, I I was in the corner with him, you know, when everyone hated him. And, and I mean, I was uh, I, I was that. sticking up for him because I was his manager. So that was the way team manager for Denmark or whatever, you know. Um, but it wasn't everything I agreed with. That's the truth. Interesting. Did everybody hate you too then? <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, like you said, you're when you're in a team with a guy, no matter what you, you're there for him. So you got his back and you got to support him. And you know, again, the guys, yeah. he does things. You know, he's as a racer, as an athlete or a competitor. You know, I have so much respect for him because he doesn't give a damn. You know, I'm coming here to win. I don't give a crap what you say. How you think? I'm gonna do it like this. I'm gonna do it my way, and if something goes wrong, you know, I'll deal with it. And I don't, I don't intend yeah. to to hurt people or whatever. But sometimes the the adrenaline and the kick can get the better of of a rider, and of course, it gets the better of, of Nikki from time to time. But when he's at his best, he's yeah. making starts, and you don't all you see is his ass, you know, and you're like Jesus. And, um, yeah, well, he but he's always had you know, Nikki that he would. Uh, you know, nearly kill his grandmom to become world champion. You know, he's just been so desperate for it, and uh, uh, you just gotta take your hat off for that. You know? It's really, he's gone through a really a lot of things. You know, so uh, is that why his grandma's protected by the Secret Service now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, you know what? He's uh, it's so funny, you know, because I mean, he's of course a little bit younger than you are, but. You and him have been around for so many years too, you know. It's fine. I mean, you had wars, but uh, I, I respect so much, Greg, that you say that you respect Nicky for what he's done because he's done a lot for the sport, and we don't want to forget that. And uh, I know for day day, I know dead sure that he definitely thinks that you are one of the most respected guys in the, in the Grand Prix series, no no doubt. Well, we like you said. Uh, He's still a, he's still a racer, and and again, I I disagree with a lot of things that he does. But that's uh, if everybody was like him or everybody was like me, the sport maybe the sport would be more exciting for everyone if it were all like Nikki, you know. But if you're all like me, it would probably get boring after a while. Like, oh, there's another nice guy. Look, <laughs> yeah, but but it's gotta, it's fun. It's got to be different people. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of that, I mean, like Denmark has had such a killer run of riders from dating way back and I mean uh, the 80s was intense and then into the 90s was was amazing too and then things come and go you get I mean Nikki has shined for so many years and he's he's still the face for Danish Speedway you know and it it's, must be really hard because you've got you know if you look at the the Speedway of Nations or the World Cup or even the Grand Prix to to get yeah. to get new blood and to get somebody who can be alongside Nikki, it's not tough just to be another Danish rider. You look at Niels Christian Everson. The guy's at like six or seven Danish titles now. Yeah, seven, seven in a row. Yeah, a great rider, a good guy all around. Works hard. 
you know, maybe sometimes he probably has to work harder than others, but he's not the media guy that Nikki is. And when you think of Danish writers, everybody goes Nikki. And you feel like yeah. <laughs> poor Niels or, or <clears throat> Jepsen Jensen or, or Leon Madsen, I mean, <laughs> the same. The things you got to do yeah. to get your face in the, in the media. And then Nikki just walks up and, and stands sure. next to you, and then all the cameras turn to him. <laughs> That's right. And that, that, I mean, of course, you know, he has won world championships. The other guys haven't. But uh, of exactly. course, he also has so much around him. You know, and There's so much glamour around him, you know, that um, pushes him through at times. But I think for Danish Speedway, that they, we we also need to get a game change soon, you know, because um, we have good riders there. Uh, that, that that can step up, but they also have to step up now and, and, and sort of get in there because we're not we're not that far away, but um, just got to work very hard on it to, to to get back to the success we had in the in the eighties and the success Nikki has had, you know. And um, I cross my fingers for that. The boys are going to push forward in the next couple of years. Do you, I mean, look, looking at it like that, I mean, there there are a lot of young Danes coming up, you know, you have you have guys that are youngsters that are very well established already. Jepsen Jensen, I, I consider him a youngster still, although he's been around for some years, so he's still, he's pretty well established. And then you get Mikael Mikkelsen, who's, has really been showing, you know, he has, he shows a lot of signs here and there. And then, you know, we all, we all have our turbulent times, but that's what makes you stronger and better. And then you've got like this yeah. Frederick Jakobsen uh, coming up yeah. too. I mean, there some of these guys. At, uh, or is it Mads, Mads Hansen too? I, I raced against him yeah. late in the year yeah. in Poland, and I was so yeah. impressed. Seventeen years yeah. old, and you know I've known his dad for years in Denmark, and always said hello. Yeah. And now when I watched him on the track and raced with him, and I'm like, uh, he's quite tall as well. And even Frederick, you know, yeah. these guys are quite tall, but they ride so oh, yeah, sleek yeah. and so nice on the bike. I, I mean, mm, yeah, you um, you say it like that, but I mean, these, I, these dudes, they must want a place in the yeah. Danish team, right? We have good riders, you know, and we're not. And I even believe that he, we have Everson in the Grand Prix next year, and, and Leon Madsen, which has done really, really good last year or the last couple of years, and mm -hmm. I think they they have the possibility. To win the world championship, but of course it really—I mean, yeah—you know everything about it. What it costs to get there, you know, and you got to have a bit of luck also. But saying that, on the youngsters, you are uh, saying here and the names—it's—it's it's all to to build up what you have around you. You know, you gotta you gotta be so smart. You gotta have sorted. You gotta have a happy relationship with either your girlfriend or wife or whatever you got to, everything's just got to work you know with your mechanics you got to eat right you got to make sure you're fit and and all these thing, things things uh, sponsor buys and traveling and economy it's 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 all that that makes a world champion and then you got to get your mindset ready in your head every day and every second to become a world champion you've got a really good point there and <laughs> You know, world team. If you think about a World Cup or World Team Cup, and the Speedway of Nations these days is really cool. It's it's awesome. I dig the. You know, I wish. I think you and I just talked about this off the off the recording too about the World Team Cup. And I, I'm a yeah. big fan of the World Team Cup and a team. 
you know, whether it was the last year's, you know, and the and the um, the World Cup, it's been a team of four or five guys, and I would like to see it back to like six man teams, for instance, and two riders from each nation in every heat. So it's more of a pairs in every heat and makes it a little bit more interesting where yeah. you're trying to maximize your points and get your teammate there with you all the time. And I, I, for me, that's yeah. like the old um, test match series. I think they were, they were so cool. Yeah. And there's a form. I'm, sure there's, there's, I'm sure there's a format that could be done like that. And, oh and yeah, that is for sure. Mm. And get, I mean, I remember fighting for it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. I agree so much with you on that because looking at uh, developing good world class riders, um, young people get better when they are in the press and when they race against the top boys. And uh, if you have a uh, Miguel Michelson racing against you at some meetings, that's what makes him smart and that's what makes him better, you know. And, 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 and the World Team Cup, like in the past, has done so much for every nation because everyone has to be hungry, you know, and have the, yeah, the will to have their national, you know, flag on their stomach when they're racing. I feel the same, like you're saying there. For me, it was, you know, I really wanted to place in the American team from an early time, from an early stage of my career, and started racing in Europe. And I remember that Billy Hamill got a shot at the the World Cup, the World Team Cup team, back in like 1990, I think it was, in his first year, 90 or 90, no, it was 91 maybe, and he got a shot at the yeah. uh, uh, at the World Team Cup team. And I was like, oh, you know, it was so demanding whether you were injured or you just haven't come up to speed, but you had like, you know, Samar Malenko and, and the Moran brothers and Rick Miller and, and, um, uh, Ronnie, Corey, Ronnie Curry, Bobby Ott. I mean, there was a lot of guys around. Yeah, it was, it was a ton. So there was, there, there was more names than there were places. And, and, and that's the difference today. So maybe there was, I mean, in Denmark, you guys had such a roster of riders and, today for the American team, maybe, I don't know if it's so much for the Danes, but uh, we now we're just <laughs> fighting to find a rider to, to make up a full squad, which is which is wrong, but working hard to change that. Yeah, well, it's it's all about being proud of your nation, isn't it? And, and getting out there and doing it for your country, you know, and it's um, it's not just money-wise, you know, you, you, you got to make sure you, you're proud of what you're doing, I believe, anyway. Absolutely, you you got to love what you do. You got to have the heart and the soul, and and I think really that's number yeah. one these days. Finding kids like Luke Becker for me now, it's they're they're few and far between. Who they have tons of them that have a, a bag of talent, so much talent, but they don't have quite the the drive to leave home, to leave the weather, to leave the food, the family, the friends, and and uh, throw it aside to put your heart and soul into chasing a dream. So. Um, you know that's their choice. It's no big, no, no, nothing wrong with it. But we we need more Luke Beckers in the world, and and some of you guys who left Denmark to go set up camp in in England and places like that. Yeah, well, you know what? It's like it's like the uh, it's like the the old man playing, you know, at the uh, the big uh, the piano, and for like a, a lot of people, and he's, he's just playing that piano, fantastic. You know, the sound is brilliant, and then there's 
man comes up to him afterwards and he says to him that, uh, you know what, I would give my whole life to be just as good as playing the piano as you are. And then he just looks at him and he says, yeah, you know what, that's exactly what I've done. It's it's uh, taken my whole life to play. And uh, <laughs> that's good, you know. It's, yes. it's, uh, it, it's the kind... If that's what it's all about. I mean, if you want to have the success, you got to you got to rip everything away. Just uh, it's from you wake up to go sleep. It's true. It's really true. And it's you know <coughs> nowadays you know, the, when we get the call up from our federations, it's like yes, okay, I got a spot on the team, and it should. I, it's yeah. probably it's more tough these days because there's so many uh, issues with contracts and things like that. So you know you can't always just go ride for your team because you're concerned if you're going to get a, a penalty or something like that from. Which is wrong, and I hope that, like we've mentioned this earlier, we hope that they they can fix this in the future and find a compromise so that uh, if you're called upon yeah. by your national federation for a, a team world championship for for the U.S. or Denmark or Poland yeah. or whatever, this shouldn't be a question. It should be like, damn right, I'm there. Yeah, exactly. But it's got to be more simple. I agree with you 100. percent Oh, for sure. Hey, from one thing to another, what's your what's your view on the European Championships? Well, you know what, um, I um, I think it's good. You know, I think it's um, I think it's very important that we have a, a different parts of um, what do you say venues. Of course, the Grand Prix series is the World Championship. You know, and that's um, everyone's in that to become world champion, and it's grown. You know, it's been there since 1995, and it's very big. But I must also admit that I think the the European Championship they they're doing a good job, and they. They also come in with um, some new things that looks good, you know. And um, I, th- I don't think we have to be afraid of each other. I think it's good that we can sort of surf together and, and there's like a little bit of a contest in between, you know, who's going to be the best and, uh, uh, you know, move it on uh, all the time. Because also at the European Championship, you see that this is where the young riders have the chance to to mix with some of the, the better riders and also get a little bit of TV time and and, and, and and exactly be riding for your nation like we were talking about before. I mean, even if you look at Leon Madsen, you know, the Danish yeah, guy. Exactly. Um, you know, they, they, this has put him into a spot now because he went, won the European Championship last year. It's put him into a spot in the Grand Prix for next year. So, yeah. And I think that, um, that, that pays off for him that way round. So look out. Yeah, looking at it like that, that means that they are these things are working together in that sense. Otherwise, he would have had like virtually no chance uh, at getting a yeah. spot, huh? I mean, hey, I shouldn't say no chance, but it makes it so tough if you can't prove yourself somewhere and show people what you got. Exactly. Yeah. So, cool. so I, I, I think it's, I think it's good, you know. And at times, uh, we all know that, like in the days back when I was riding, and you also started you know everything was happening around uh, England Every, that was where we all were and that was sort of the the, the name of the game and, and every, everyone was living there I mean it was big to come to England and ride for Coventry or Cradley Heath or whatever and then suddenly Sweden came yeah yeah, and um, then that was the place and the money was better than probably Sweden at a time at a stage and, but now I would. Um, I mean, we, we we must take our hat off for Poland what they're doing. You know, it's uh, a really professional on some lies, but um, but I also think that they're very dominating 
and in 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 some ways and and they stop maybe the interest in other countries you know yeah. um for something so it's a it's a hard balance you know but um even looking at that i think like germany's picking up now on the speedway yeah. well, that's sure good are. you know they got like a okay league and um denmark's having a tough time in in in, in the super league you know and um Hopefully that's going to pick up in the next couple of years. You know, you said it right there. And the, the Germans, they got the the two fifty world champion right now too, right? And and they've got yeah. um, uh, the girl there, Selena, who's riding on the two fifties and doing the long track and the speedway, and she's phenomenal. She, I mean, exactly. she's got more to offer than a yeah, lot of guys. They, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. Very, and I love. I mean, like uh, Martin Smolinski, You know, he's got a. a so much showtime him you know and he's uh, <laughs> I think he's brilliant for the sport you know and Germany is like it's a big motorcycle country you know and the, the country is so big just next to Poland Denmark and you know it's like central of Europe for 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 the speedway sport so this is great stuff that's growing yeah it's cool yeah they show up they, they show up with pockets full of cash just wanting to buy souvenirs and and drinks and hot dogs and food. They just want to have a good time when they get there, too, and they love the sport, so it's guaranteed a big crowd. Yeah. They'll be Beers back. And, and sausages and Venus sniffs. <laughs> That's right. Bring <laughs> it on. Bring yeah, it on. Right. That's right. Yeah. With the last question I have for you before I leave you alone is, now you're back at Voyance. We congratulate you for that. We think it's going to... I look forward to seeing what you're going to do with, with that place, and... You know, a lot of the stuff that hasn't been mentioned in our conversation here, I know more things that you're doing. And it's going to be so fun to watch it, and I wish you well. But will there ever be a roof over the track in Voyans to help yeah. us with the rain? <clears throat> you know, well, that, that would be nice. That would be nice, great. And, uh, I mean, it's it's sort of, it, it's a lot of money, you know, and it's a big sure. investment. And um, never, never say it won't happen, but... Um, you know, it's it's definitely something in the future we have to look at, but um, it's it's a little bit far away at the moment, to be honest. Uh, but you never know. I mean, um, let's see what happens. So um, yeah, maybe one day. Cross my fingers. Yeah. Hey, that's cool. I had to ask because I, I met you with your dad earlier in the year at the World Cup in in uh, <coughs> or, sorry the Speedway of Nations in uh, our qualifying round there in Germany and. We had a long, nice long chat over breakfast, something I don't get very often with him either, you know, because it's just we're all over the place. But we mentioned this, and he said that they had been working on, on this. for You guys have been working on this for so many years with the commune and trying to get some funding and help to do it. And uh, just something about Speedway and, and Voyans that attracts the rain, but at the same time, that is the attraction. Everybody goes there prepared for rain. So uh, roof or not, we will have Speedway and Voyans again. Well, you know what? I, I hope I can put in the new rules for that and be a little bit more in contact, you know, so we, we're going to have, like, sunny days, maybe too hot when we rain That's right, because you know uh, all the right people. Let, yeah. <laughs> Let's have a game changer on that one. So you, you, you bring that uh, nice, sunny... Uh, Californian Chavoyans, please. Thank you. You just bring it over. I told you, you knew everything. You know everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, this is... a. Uh, a stage of my life where where I definitely do believe in things and uh, so uh, let's see what happens. Great. But I'll tell you what we're gonna we're gonna present 
prepare the best racetrack we we can, you know, for overtaking them. For all you riders that you think this is scarce, we just want to we want to get some more racing. You know, you're going to be happy if you have a restart because you get more track time. <laughs> That's what we want to get to. I want restart so I can go and have a start more. You're a great salesman too. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, big, big Jack. Thank you so much for all this time. This was a long, uh, a long podcast here over the over the wavelengths. And uh, buddy, you're always you're always awesome. As I said in the beginning, you're always happy. You got a great attitude and, and always positive. So I wish you well with with uh, Voyans, and I look forward to uh, seeing you around the track, man. So uh, stay cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Greg. It's been a pleasure, you know, and uh, I hope that we can get time one day to have a barbecue here at my place and have a beer or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure to be on, and um, I want to wish you also the best of luck for, for the next season. Thank you, man, and you got a deal on that barbecue. It sounds great. Okay, you take care and see you soon, yeah? Will do, buddy. Take it easy. See you, Yakum. Okay, thank you. Yeah. With Stefan and Greg Hancock, we vibe out and have real talk. So tune in and check this out. Yeah, today is a new day. Let's seize it now and get hype. We talking about our careers, our family, and just life. Yeah, share my story with you. Inspiration like every day. Real 45, we gon' keep it live. I keep episodes on replay. Hey, Real 45. Yeah, Real 45. Show them how we do it, man. Yeah.